0: welcome to the honey drop your all-access pass to the hamilton honey badgers i'm andrew damlin and you're listening to episode number three where we go on the basketball journeys of everyone in the hamilton honey badgers organization today we got someone who went to the premier high school in the States, one of the premier basketball schools, IMG, and then the premier college at Duke, played for the premier NBA team, an NBA finalist in the Bucks, And now he's one of the premier guards, part of the two-headed monster on the Hamilton Honey Badgers. His name is Trayvon Duvall. Trayvon, how are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm good, thanks. No, I appreciate you doing this. And so the goal of the podcast is kind of to go along uh, your basketball journey, everyone who comes to Hamilton doesn't think that their journey's done when they get to Hamilton, but, they're, but they've had an ama- amazing ride and they're hoping to, to sort of ascend to new heights. But I wanted to sort of go back to the beginning with you, maybe before high school, before basketball became super serious and you started having to play for lots of people in front of you. Is there an earliest sort of vivid childhood memory you have of playing basketball?
1: Yeah, man, I have a few. Uh, I started playing basketball when I was two years old. Um, I started playing, you know, against competition when I was five, and I was playing against eight-year-olds, you know. So I always remember, you know, coming up and playing uh, at the YMCA, and my dad was coaching, and, like, my little cousin was on my team at the same time. So, you know, that's probably, like, my – earliest memory of me playing basketball where you know things were just about playing a game and having fun and you know nothing really much more to it
0: yeah you're playing the game you're having fun and you know I'm a little bit older than you I'm 15 years older than you um and there's this new basketball term that I'm just learning I don't know how long it's been around but the term is you're in your bag someone's <laughs> in their bag I hadn't heard this for until <laughs> Mark Jones said it on ESPN and you know, watching your five games with the Honey Badgers, you've definitely been in your bag. Um, when you were a kid, you know, five years old, like you say, when it, when things started to get even a little bit serious, were you always in your bag?
1: Oh, yeah. I was definitely always deep in my bag, especially <laughs> as a kid. Um, that's when I was, you know, fresh into training and learning all these new moves and things, you know, you know, with growing and becoming a basketball player. So I definitely was always in my bag since I was a younger.
0: And you mentioned, you know, getting coached by your dad, which you know, some people like I talked to Jalen Harris who was who was on the Raptors and now hopefully he's, you know, reinstated later, but he was coached by his dad as well. What are the biggest benefits of being coached by your dad?
1: It it helps a lot with being your dad your dad being your coach with, you know, having somebody that you can trust and uh, look up to with everything. Um, you know, like, you know, you can rely on that person to, to be supportive and be a, a male figure for you and, uh, and also coach you up. And, you know, he's going to tell you the best advice he can give you and what, you know, is best for you because you're his kid.
0: I think you're born in Queens. You moved to Delaware. What is the sort of basketball scene in Newcastle, Delaware?
1: Um, Not bad. We have a few guys that, you know, come out every, you know, two to three years so often. Um, and like, we have one kid right now that's in the draft. He's my little cousin. Um, his name is Nashawn Hyland. We call him Bones Highland. Hyland. He's a, he went to VCU. Um, and a bunch of other guys that, you know, are in college and some guys like Devontae, uh, uh Devante You know, mm-hmm. he's in he's in the Dante. He's in the league right now. So you know, we have we have some guys that that come out of Delaware and that that put on for the city. So it's not as bad as people think.
0: I'm sure it's good, and I know you know you grew up uh, obviously playing in Delaware. And I think I think the most joy you had playing in Delaware was grade six through eight because you played with your friends. You mentioned throughout in an interview, you know, during your high school career that you kind of went back and forth with your family about wanting to play with your friends in Delaware, but also wanting to have the greatest possible competition. Can you tell me just what's it like to play with your friends? Man, it's big time. Um, You know, that's how you uh,
1: build and maintain relationships with people that, you know, you care about and that you call your friend Um, guys that, you know, go to 24-Hour Fitness or the YMCA or rec gyms or whatever, what, every Sunday. And, you know, those guys are really close. So, like, just playing basketball with people that, you know, you, you call friends is just – I think it helps with relationships. And, you know, it's just a pretty cool thing to do with your friend, honestly.
0: For sure. So you you, you play, you go you, – you start the prep school tour uh, in grade nine. You go to a school in New Jersey, and then eventually – you find yourself at IMG, the absolute premier uh, high school for basketball. And, you know, I'm just watching your highlights. And there was a couple of highlights, not just of yours, but it seemed like there was a chemistry you had. And maybe you were friendly with him off the court because the connection that you two seemed to, had, seemed to have seemed to be extra special. And I'm talking about a 6'10 guy named Emmett Williams. He went to LSU, spent time in the G League. Am I reading into things or was there a special connection that you two had at IMG? Cause it was just sort of like lob city, at least in the highlights that I saw.
1: <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm usually pretty close to my big guys. Um, just because, uh, you know, if you know any, any good guard, you know, they love to have a really good big man. And, uh, me and Emmett, definitely, you know, we were really close. Uh, we were close on and off the court. Um, I used to always look out for him on the court when I was playing because, you know, I knew he was going to finish my passes. And uh, even off the court, you know, we always chilled and had good times. He was younger than me, but, you know, I was his older older friend that, you know, held it down.
0: And during that time when you're, you're going from camp to camp or game to game, state to state, what was your, you know, it's it's such a whirlwind. I was watching, a, you know, an interview of your when you're 16 years old and they're already talking about your jump shot and stuff and all this type of scrutiny. Was there a sort of an escape valve you had, whether it was with Emmett or another teammate of yours or another team of yours, where you were, you were able to sort of escape that type of scrutiny and maybe be able to relax your mind throughout that whole process, which I'm sure was a whirlwind?
1: Um, yeah, I would say my friends, uh, just normal living. um. I was never really too much, like I, I always thought I was good, you know. So, no matter what anybody said or whatever, like, yeah, I know I had to work on things as a player, but I always felt like even at a young age, I'm like, bro, you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. We're all not perfect. So, like, you're telling me something that, you know, we I know I need to work on, and you have things that you need to work on as well. So, like, I didn't, I never really you know, took too much of my mental uh, to really, you know, worry about that stuff.
0: That's impressive because when you're that sort of highly touted and there's just social media, I just can't imagine being a kid these days. I'm so thankful that I didn't grow up in the social media era. There's just so much uh, that uh, that kid has to sort of, uh, you know, uh, absorb. Um, But you do have a super successful high school career and you go on to Duke with a ridiculous freshman class. There's Gary Trent, Wendell Carter Jr., uh, Marvin Bagley. Grayson Allen was also on that team. But I was watching an interview of yours in your your early days in 2017 with Duke, and you said your closest friends weren't those top prospects sort of on your basketball level. But they were Mm -hmm. actually two guys named Jordan Goldwire and Alex O'Connell. Can you Mm -hmm. tell me why you gravitated towards guys that maybe – you know, from an outsider's point of view, like they obviously weren't on your basketball level, didn't they have your trajectory. Why would you gravitate towards those guys necessarily versus like the top, top recruits?
1: Um, you know, there's a lot more to life than basketball, you know? So we have plenty of time. We spend about, what, four, five hours, six hours in the gym area. And the rest is, you know in the dorms in on campus, you know, at the cafeterias or on the quad or whatever, you know what I mean? So that were, those were the times where, you know, I would chill with those guys and they were my classmates. They were my, they were in my class. They were freshmen as well. And they were actually my neighbors. Um, they were my neighbors to my, to my dorm room. So, you know, we were just always around each other and we just built the relationship and, uh, they were a funny group of guys and I used to always like laughing and being around them. So, you know, it just happened to be that way.
0: And you got this coach. I'm not sure uh, if you knew who he was before you got to Duke, uh, kind of a famous icon, Coach Shashevsky. There seems to be an aura around this guy. Um, what's it like, you know, I listened to JJ Reddick's podcast and he says, even though he's <laughs> super close with Shashevsky, he had him at his wedding. He's still sort of feels his presence every time he's around what's it like getting coached by Mike Krzyzewski
1: it's an awesome experience man um you know it's a great person to have uh a part of your life to be a part of your life you know on more than just a coach level you know what I mean uh he he, he definitely does have that that presence <laughs> uh, hmm. for sure um but you know then once you you know you talk to him and just around him like yeah of course you you still feel it but like it's also you know he's also just a great human being just to talk to and learn from for sure
0: i just want to know how his hair is darker at the age of 71 than the age of 31.
1: (laughs) (laughs) i don't know man i don't know how he does it. he still looks still looks young very young he still looks uh, young and spry yeah (laughs) Um,
0: no, so you no, have, no, so. Yeah. You, you, and you had a really successful season uh, at Duke. You declare for the draft. We know what happened after the draft. We don't have to rehash that. Didn't get picked. But you go on to the Summer League in Houston. Eventually, you get picked up by the Bucks organization on a two way contract. You spend time with the Wisconsin herd. And that brings us to, I think, a pretty important date uh, that I'm sure you're very familiar with. I think it's February 18th. 2019 uh does that date sound familiar to you february, february 18th. 8th 2019
1: 2019 mm-hmm no it doesn't actually Okay, what well, is that
0: date your nba debut was it not february 18th maybe it was february 8th and the february 18th oh uh,
1: yeah yeah see it was he, uh it might have been the eighth i think
0: i think you're right actually i want to confirm that but i um, disappointed in myself for miss, for, miss, uh, for miss saying that one. I think it's February, you're thinking right, February 8th, 2019. But even if I said February 8th, 2019, it didn't seem like that registered so quickly with you. Um, but I do <laughs> want to go back to that it game. Didn't. So, okay. I do want to go back to that game just for one second. So do you remember, first of all, do you remember when Coach Bud, the, the sort of the, the stage of the game when Coach Budenholzer called you into the game?
1: Yeah, most definitely.
0: So there was 53 seconds left in the fourth quarter Mm -hmm. you step on the court and can you tell me what happens in the very first possession
1: um uh, the very first possession i get freaking blown by (laughs) and and i try to make up for it because you know i'm like damn i just got subbed into the game like i can't you know give up a wide open straight line drive layup so i try to make up for it and uh
0: I think I blocked the kid, the guy shot, but they called goaltender on me. They called goaltender so on they'll... you uh, on the other end. But do you on the other end? Do you remember how you got your first basket?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, I definitely do remember that. My guy, uh, Sterling Brown. That's right, my boy. He, um, I threw. We ran a uh, a little play, and he called it actually. And he was like, "You know, I got you." I'm like, okay, <laughs> and then. You know, he—I threw it to him at the at the at the elbow and ran off of it, going downhill. And he handed it back to me, got my first little layup. Everybody and everybody on the sideline was screaming at me like, "Bro, you should have dunked it." I'm like, "Let me just get my let me just get my first, you know, my first two, and then we worry about dunking and all of that."
0: Now it's so interesting that it didn't register with you that that was your NBA debut and. I know this is not the end of your journey. That wasn't the end of your journey. And by the way, I'm checking; it was February 8th, not February 18th. So you were you were right on that. And I know this isn't the end of your journey, but it you did make the NBA, you did accomplish a, you know a childhood dream to make it to the NBA. Do you ever did you ever t- did you ever take the time to celebrate that? Again, I know that this isn't you know Hamilton isn't necessarily where you want your end goal to be. But did you ever take the time to celebrate that? But yeah, I made it to the NBA.
1: Uh, most definitely. Um, you know, I'm I'm uh, definitely I did in the moment, you know. I'm a type of person I try to live in the moment, but I definitely do whenever I feel as if things aren't going my way just with my career or in life, you know, uh, I definitely tend to like go back and remember and realize I like, you've been there before, you know.
0: Yeah, and Um, and I'm sure you plan on being there again. And you you know, if if you don't know, you're still only 22 years old. Uh, There's still time. There's still there's still time to to get back to it. And uh, you know, as you sort of start that journey back towards the NBA, you you find yourself in Hamilton. And um, you know, I was wondering sort of how that came about. I mean, you I know you were teammates with uh, Lindell Wigginton in Iowa in your second season in the G League. Did you guys have a special connection there?
1: Uh, yeah, we, we were actually, we, I knew Lenny's, you know, from, since I was in high school, you know, just from playing against him, he's in my class, we graduated from high school the same year, so, just from that, and just from playing on the same team, you know, we definitely had a, had a nice little connection when we, we were, when we were on the Wolves together, for sure, uh, and now it's dope to, like, you know, we both were coming off the bench, and, like, you know, like, playing time was up and down for both of us in a little bit when we were playing together. And now that, you know, we're both like the two head of the snake,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: two head of snake right now, like, it's it's really cool and it's fun, for sure. You know, because when we were in, in the game together, when we were playing, like, when we were in the game together, sometimes it would always be fun to play with him anyway, so...
0: So Definitely. you guys had a, had a, you guys had a reunion of sorts in Hamilton. Yeah. And, yeah, Right. And, and, uh, you know, and Lindell's obviously having an amazing start to the season as well. Uh, and you guys, and I spoke with, you know, your, the head coach, Ryan Schmidt, um, after your last game, you scored 21 points at the game winning bucket and he was so happy for you. Um, and this is a guy who's, you know, he's coached in the minor leagues for four years as well. And he says, he says, my story isn't so much different than a lot of the guys um, on my team. And he just has a soft spot for guys like you. How does Schmidt show that soft spot for you?
1: Just by being a really, really freaking good coach, man. Uh, day in and day out. Um, you know, I, we, we we know his journey as well, you know, a little bit. And, you know, we know that he's not, he, we're, we're, we're the same, you know, we, we all have been we all are fighting and been fighting you know to to get to where we're trying to go and uh but he shows his soft spot, I guess by you know just by coaching me every day and hard and 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 well and you know to the best of his ability to help me grow as a player uh and uh I see it every day, you know he makes sure that he's coaching not only just me but you know everybody to be. The best player that they can be, you know, with the time that they're with them.
0: He says, "You say he coaches you hard. In in what way has he has he coached you hard?"
1: Um, by just holding me accountable. Um, you know, coaching hard isn't just yelling and 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 you know just making guys run or whatever. Coaching hard is just being consistent and holding your player accountable to being as good as, you know, the coach believes he can be and that he is.
0: Now, Coach Schmidt does this thing. He does it probably a hundred times more than any other coach I've ever seen. He gives a player's, his players, a low five every time they check out, every time they check in, every time they go to a timeout. Does that little gesture of giving players low fives in and out of the game, does that mean something?
1: Yeah, man, it does. It really does. It may not. You may not think it means anything or it may not feel like it means something in the Or like at like, you know, it's little things like that that matters that guys carry on and that guys realize, you know, that helps you to just feel however you need to feel um, from that. Just know that he's here with you, that he just believes in you and that, you know, we're together in this, like, little things like that matter, man, for sure.
0: That's awesome. And, you know, he obviously has given you the freedom to do a lot of things on the offensive end. The, I mentioned being in your bag. Now I just, I want to know what is the structure of it? Is it like, you know, you run a play, you got several play calls and I'm trying to decipher them. Listen, I'm a big basketball fan, but it's the X's and O's stuff. I'm still really sort of just trying to get into, but let's say, you know, you catch the ball on the right elbow extended or whatever, and you you get in your bag, right? Has Mm -hmm. coach, as coach said, okay, you're going to catch the ball on the right elbow and you're going to get in your bag. Or or what, what has he instructed you to do? Because uh, it doesn't seem like it's structured, but but perhaps it is.
1: Um, it's structured, but it's like it's just more like guidelines, I guess. Um, and it's just a certain way of style of play that he expects. Like if I was to... And he does actually have moments where he tells, you know, somebody to get in their bag. like, Or does mm. he tell somebody the ball or to be more aggressive like he's a very encouraging coach, and he wants us to 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 grow as players and you know do what what he knows we that we can do
0: and he was so happy for you after the last game he he said that he told you that you're only scratching the surface. It's only been five games you hadn't played in in 18 months. Did you, did you want to rush back into being that guy in your bag right away in the first game? Did he, did he teach you that sort of patience as you, as you go along still very early on in this sort of, you know, coming back from a year and a half off?
1: Oh my God, man, I was so anxious and so ready to hop in my bag. The first few games, uh, you know, as people probably could tell or see that I was, you know, just out there, like, moving a little too fast, moving a little too anxious. Because um, I just wanted to, you know, get back to playing and get back to doing things that I know I could do. Um, but he definitely told me that, you know, he wasn't even worried at all. He was like, bro, you're good. Like, you know, just just keep playing and keep getting better each game, you know. And, you know, when as time goes on, bro, you'll be back to normal and things will be, clicking for you and your timing and everything will be back. So, and he was right. You know, I just, and he told me, you know, just slow down a little bit, be patient and it'll it'll come. Like it'll come. He just told me it'll come. And he was right. It's, it's, you know, slowly I'm getting back to, you know, doing the things that I know I could do.
0: And maybe this play that I'm thinking of illustrates what you're talking about. It was during, I think the third quarter of the last game against Guelph. Uh, Lindell drove the lane and he kicked it out to you in the corner and you just gave a little pump fake, a little escape dribble, and then you shot the three. Was that, am I seeing part of the progression there in terms of that patience in that play itself? Definitely. Do you remember that play?
1: Most definitely. Um, that was a, that was a big play for me, honestly, cause that was just me being patient and confident in what, in what I do and what I was doing in the moment. For sure, I could have rushed it. I could have drove it and freaking ran into somebody, or just rushed a shot and you know. But I took my time and read the defense, and you know, and everything else. Just everything else just happened.
0: Yeah, and that was a key play. Obviously, you had uh, another key play. You made you made the steal at the end of the game for the game winner. And there was there was one other moment in the game that I want to ask you about, and uh, I'll get you out of here on that one there was a little dust up between uh, Lindell and I can't remember who the player on glove was. It might've been Isaiah Reese. I'm not quite sure, but Lindell mm-hmm. got in the guy's face. Guys got in each other's faces. You didn't get anywhere close to there. You just said, let's just play basketball. Let's just play basketball. Is that an evolution in your attitude um, from perhaps the, your, your younger days or <laughs> am I reading into it?
1: Uh, most definitely, man. Um I've grown in life and I've been a lot, I've been through a lot in life and, you know, like fighting and, you know, like all of the, everything that's not basketball, you know, should not be happening on the basketball court. We're, we're too fortunate and too blessed to be in the positions that we're all in, you know, while we're out there on the court, you know what I mean? So like, just take advantage of it and play ball, man.
0: And that gratitude is 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 great it's a great attitude to have some might not necessarily have it given the journey that that you've been on but i think you're thankful for the place that you're in and uh we know that uh there are bigger and better things ahead for you so listen trayvon we really appreciate the time you got a big game coming up on friday good luck with that and good luck with the rest of the season
1: thank you so much i appreciate you man